In the name of Jesus, amen. It's kind of a clunky service today, isn't it? Everything doesn't quite fit together. I mean, we start outside, uh, supposed to be kind of upbeat, a little goofy even. Grown adults waving these tree branches and walking into the building behind an accordion. An accordion! (laughs) For crying out loud. You probably won't say anything, at least to me, but my guess is that some of you think the whole thing is a little bit too goofy. But that's okay for Palm Sunday. Just like those pilgrims in Jerusalem were a little bit goofy, celebratorily goofy, all those years ago, well, us too. But then we flipped the switch. Fifteen seconds or so of silence itself, a little bit clunky and uncomfortable, palms off the cross, put the purple thing back on, and voila, no longer Palm Sunday. Now it's Passion Sunday. Suffering Sunday. We quick switch from accordion and all glory, laud, and honor to the bleak minor key, oh, dearest Jesus. It's all kind of clunky. It wasn't always this way. Up to 30 years ago, ago or so, today, the Sunday before Easter, um, everything was much smoother. Because back then, it was only Palm Sunday. All triumphal entry, all uh, holy donkey, hosannas, welcome King Jesus. But then a few decades ago, this Passion Sunday thing got tacked on. Actually, the reason it got tacked on that the people who put these liturgies together um, tacked on the, the passion to the palm was that they noticed how fewer and fewer people were coming to church on the important days of Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. So if you skip those, you'd get the idea that the church this time of year was all about victory, triumphal entry, and resurrections, and that the other stuff, the dark stuff, the suffering stuff, the death stuff in between, Well, you wouldn't get that at all. So Passion Sunday got added to Palm Sunday to make sure, make more sure anyway, that we all get the the whole thing. Palms and Passion. Hosannas and hanging on the cross. But still, that means trading the old, smooth, comfortable Palm Sunday. I remember that service as a kid. We waved palms on the way in and the way out. Trading that for the clunky thing we do today. Palm, flip the switch, passion. Kind of disjointed. Doesn't quite flow. But maybe that's okay. Good, even. Because you know what else is kind of disjointed, doesn't quite flow? Guess I'll go ahead and raise my hand. You too. You know what else is not all smooth sailing, comfortable, suffering free, gets filled with both palms and passions? How about your life and the life of anyone you know? Might it be that a service which is kind of a mishmash of hosannas and crucify is exactly the medicine that people like us need, people whose lives are kind of a mishmash, kind of clunky? 
The service moves so quickly from one to the other, how quickly we move from one version of ourselves to another, right? Maybe it's uh, smiles, living the dream and better than I deserve. But then give it 15 seconds, right after everyone leaves the dinner party maybe, smiles off, depressions, doubts, crankiness, and bickering returns. Been watching the show on, on Apple TV. It's been pretty popular out there called Severance. You may have heard of it or, or watched it. The basic premise is that uh, thanks to this little chip that can be inserted into some people's brains, their work self and the off work self are completely separated. So, like, it's impossible for the you at work to know anything about or remember anything about the life of the you, what they call the Audi, the innie is your person at work. Your innie doesn't know anything at all about what your Audi does when it's out there. And again, it's become this, this very, very popular show. I think the reason it's popular, it's well done, but more, more than that is because in a very dramatic fashion, it dramatizes something we all know about ourselves, that we all live severed lives to one degree or another, one person over here, another person over there. We're all severed in that sense. Recent surveys report that somewhere around 50% of people say that they feel, quote, no one knows me well. 50% admit that, which means there's probably a whole lot more figuring no one actually gets me. And so that means a whole lot of clunky, one way out there, another way in here, living. This sort of thing, this, this clunkiness, the, the mismatch between versions of selves. If you're listening to that, that long reading, it's all over the place there. The Passion reading this year from the Gospel of Luke. On Sunday, the disciples, are, uh, the disciples go hoarse, crying Hosanna, tear rotator cuffs, waving their palms. But then by Thursday, they're arguing about who's the greatest and can't even manage to stay awake. Peter's all, anything, I'll do anything for you, Jesus. Well, <laughs> as long as no little girls ask me tough questions, then I'll cave. So much more of that. The chief priests, the ones who should be the most right, are most wrong. Pilate, Pilate trying so hard to do the right thing. Did you listen to that? Five times he tries to let Jesus go to do what the in here, his any pilot, knew was right. But in the end, the out there, the Audi pilot, more concerned about saving face and keeping his job. There's a clunkiness we all know well. The out there pilot gives in. Then Barabbas. I've always been fascinated, kind of fascinated by this Barabbas character. I mean, who was he exactly? Where did he come from? More, whatever happened to him? There's a movie made back in the early 60s with Anthony Quinn. I meant, I meant to watch it this week. It talks about or, or, or tells about an idea of what happened to him. Didn't get around to it. But whatever happened to Barabbas, the mismatch for him is right there in his name. Bar-Abbas. You might have heard that in the, from Paul, remember from Paul in Romans, to cry Abba means to cry Father. Abbas means Father. If you've been to one of your Jewish friends, Bar Mitzvah, you might know that Bar is an Aramaic word for meaning son, so that Bar Abbas means son of the Father. This guy's name literally means child of God, and yet here he is, a criminal the mismatch, the severance right there in his name. 
And yet here we are, bar and bat abbas, children of God, beloved of God. But the mismatch, the clunkiness, how we fall short of that name, the whole lot of it of our own making, why the same old sins? How our lives fall short of that name, and a lot of that just foisted upon us. Why this loss? Why my marriage? Why can't I have someone who actually knows me? And why do I have to pretend it's otherwise? My life is otherwise. Well, you don't. Not here, anyway. Not right now. Not today. Today is not just palm, not only passion. It's palm and passion Sunday. It's Hosanna and how long. And all of that is to say that today is for the whole you. Today is for the you carrying the thing that no one else knows about. The part everyone knows and the part you're not even so sure you know too well. Jesus turned and gazed upon Peter. It's another fascinating something, a fascinating detail that only shows up in in Luke's telling of the story. Right at the moment, Peter's at his clunkiest, the the, the tough Peter cowed by a, a couple of questions right as the, the switch, his switch, is getting flipped. Right at that moment, Jesus turns and gazes upon him. Jesus turns and gazes upon the whole Peter. Gazes upon the I'll do anything Peter and the I never knew him Peter. Just like today, Jesus turns and gazes on you, on all of you. Jesus turns and gazes on all of all of you. On the Palm Sunday you and on the Passion Sunday you. No severance with him. Today and in all we'll gather this week to hear Jesus turns and gazes on all. All the clunkiness of all of us to say all of me, all my life, all my death, All my love, all my forgiveness, all of my I am for you and will never let you go. All of this is for all. Nothing, no sin, no heartbreak left out. All of me is for all of you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.